This is the Flying Field Podcast. Podcast is the service of rcplaneviews.com and the Flying Field blog. This is episode 113. What's with all the micros? This episode was produced the week of July 9th, 2012. Hello, modelers, and welcome to this edition of the Flying Field Podcast. I'm Jim Mohan. The title of this episode is What's with all the micros? There have been a couple of folks at my flying field who have showed up with some pretty small airplanes lately. It's time to take a look. For many of you, you're enjoying the nice summer days of the flying season and have taken out your larger models and perhaps that winter building project. For those of us in the desert southwest, our flying is limited to a few hours in the morning or perhaps at some indoor venue. Somehow, 110 degrees just isn't what I'd call a great afternoon environment for flying. The flying season is in some ways just reversed with desert rats like me, focused on some assembly and repair projects much like my northern brethren undertake in November. Of course, there are fanatical souls both north and south who brave the cold or heat respectively. The early morning dawn patrols in Phoenix usually mean cool temps of about 85 degrees and calm winds. It's likely that the windless mornings have contributed to the appearance of some micro-models at the flying field. Some of the earliest and most popular of these micro-models are those from Horizon Hobby. Horizon has seven of their UMX series planes currently on their website. Several are out of stock testifying to their popularity. Many, but not all, are equipped with the AS3X stabilization technology that we've discussed before here at the Flying Field Podcast. As a brief reminder, the Aircraft Stabilization in 3-Axis System, or AS3X, is Horizon's answer to giving tiny planes a big plane feel. These models have wingspans in the 14 to 18 inch range and come with a two cell LiPo and charger. The models are labeled BNF, which means bind and fly. Translation, bring your own DSM-2 or DSMX transmitter. The model I've seen most often at my field has been the AS3X version of the black and red biplane called the Beast. It comes in a nice carrying box that keeps it protected during transport. Those who have flown it can attest to the fact that the AS3X claims are true. It flies much bigger than its tiny size. This past weekend, the E-Flight Carbon Cub SS made an appearance. Despite a bit of a breeze, the little cub did okay. It even had flaps. What we think was a radio bind problem led to a little excitement but the little micro looked like a nice park flyer and even backyard flyer. Nitroplanes has recently displayed a new line of what they're calling advanced mini-air models. They have five of these little guys in the ready-to-fly, almost-ready-to-fly, and kit versions. 
Since the planes aren't compatible with most radios, the various versions are really more about having more than one or replacing one after a particularly bad crash. In other words, you'd start off with the RTF version and get an ARF if you wanted another, just using the transmitter from the first for both models. The kit version would be used to replace the airframe when the electronics survived the crash, or the kids, or the dog, whatever, but the airframe didn't. These models sport 16-inch wingspans and a flying weight of less than 2 ounces. Unlike the E-Flight UMX models, these use a one-cell LiPo, so are powered between 3 and 4 volts. Reviews on the Nitroplane's website suggests indoor or calm winds and some experience. Most say they are sensitive to control inputs. Clearly not the much more stable AS3X models from Horizon, but for 65 bucks, not bad. The latest email ad from Nitroplanes says these little guys are also now compatible with a Spectrum micro receiver. That should allow you to avoid the RTF model and go for the ARF and have the greater programmability of your radio. You might even be able to dial down the sensitivity a bit too. Not to be outdone, Great Plains has a new micro in the stores also. Their micro is an F86 EDF that's similar in size to the Horizon Hobby MiG-15 EDF. The F86 comes with a 250 milliamp hour 7.4 volt LiPo and will require the Tactic brand AnyLink radio adapter if you plan to use it with something other than the Tactic brand transmitter. You may have seen the AnyLink adapter advertised in one of the model magazines and it's worth a couple of comments here. The AnyLink adapter, as the name implies, allows you to use any transmitter with any of the TX-R labeled models being sold. As I look today, Tower Hobby has about seven or eight of these TXR models available from Great Plains and FlyZone. The AnyLink adapter connects to your existing transmitter with a couple of cables and, depending on your transmitter, perhaps an additional adapter. Cables for most common transmitters are included with the AnyLink adapter. There's a difference in whether the transmitter is turned on or off depending on the transmitter's brand. There are also some warnings about disconnecting the cables in the correct order, so be sure to read the instructions. With the AnyLink installed, you'll be able to just bind the transmitter to the model and you're ready to go. Okay, there's a little more than that, but it looks pretty easy. I know a couple of folks at my flying field who have the AnyLink and they're really pleased with the solid connection to their models. The manuals for the AnyLink are available at the Tower Hobbies website so you'll know exactly what you're getting before it arrives. I find it interesting that the trend seems to be toward the extremes in model size. There are a lot of big models and now a growing number of the micros. What is even more interesting is that at my field anyway, it's not surprising for the same pilot to be enjoying both. In other news, AMA government relations leader Rich Hansen has an interesting blog post at the AMA website. The one I'm referring to is the one entitled TFRs, When the President Comes to Town. 
a TFR is published as a notum. If you're not a full-scale pilot, that's probably just a bunch of gibberish. Here's what the acronyms stand for. A TFR is a temporary flight restriction, and a notum is a notice to airmen. As a full-scale pilot, you'd review the notums prior to your flight to see what things might affect the flight. That might be a nav aid along the way is out, or that a runway might be closed for repairs. The TFR labels areas where flight operations are restricted for a particular period of time. In Rich's blog post, he's talking about restrictions that prohibit lots of flight operations near where the president might be. You might be surprised to learn that model operations are included in these TFRs. As a club officer, I recently got an email from the AMA pointing out our field was covered by a presidential TFR. Following the regulation, we dutifully closed the model airport during the listed time, which in this case was an entire day. Also in this case, the president's landing site was over 20 miles away, so the areas covered in such notices are quite large. Rich aptly points out that our inconvenience pales in comparison to those caught up in downtown traffic snarls associated with a presidential visit, or perhaps you remember President Clinton's haircut delay at Los Angeles International. So, pretty small potatoes, but Rich notes that the AMA and the National Aeronautic Association are in a slow process of engaging the FAA in finding some relief. Personally, I'm not holding my breath. You can view FAA notums that impact modelers at the AMA website, www.modelaircraft.org. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Flying Field Podcast. Links to some of the products mentioned here can be found in the show notes. Look for them at www.flyingfieldblog.rcplaneviews.com. Click on the podcast category on the right side of the page. This was episode 113. Until next time, happy modeling and fly safe.